to end the week three points. Now, first of all, if you were listening yesterday at 3.30 in the afternoon, you would have heard me explode, completely explode in rage about the bid to have the concert at Eden Park being cancelled. Because, you know, it's another example of long-term dithering over public assets by local and most criminally central government that has blighted our public policy for such a long time. I mean, 10 years ago, taxpayers' money was sunk into a facility for the Rugby World Cup to showcase its entire nation, and the entire nation had to stump up some money to pay for Eden Park, $250 million worth. The ratepayers of Auckland had to pony up as well. So for all that money we spent on the showcase for this nation, we now have a venue too small for cricket, too big for league and club rugby, and not available for anything else. In other words, we have spent money on something that is unfit for purpose. And yesterday I got so angry, I said, rip the thing down, put some social housing in there. The Mount Eden residents deserve it. Build something at least that works. This minority that prevented the concert by uh, increasing the legal costs. And who was the fool who decided that to get a concert in there you had to go through a full resource consent process? Shouldn't have been written into the Constitution in the first place. Anyway, this minority that prevented the concert could also prevent the Indian cricket tour at our so-called national stadium. Don't know if you caught up with this. Because of the time differences, uh, the Indian broadcasters would like the day-night games at Eden Park to start an hour later so their fans can watch their team on telly. No, not on your life, not on your nelly, says Helen Clark, who says, I need my beauty sleep. Of course, to start a day-night game an hour later would require a resource consent. And we've just seen how expensive and how well those things go. You know, the point is, why did the government mostly, and also the council, fund what is a white elephant, particularly the government? There's other stories this week as well. There's the news that the city rail link is too small. So hundreds of millions of extra dollars have to be pumped into the tunnels to make them bigger. Not just from the ratepayers, the government, all New Zealand. Why were these tunnels not future-proofed in the first place? You know, it's not that the future cannot be seen. It's just that the future apparently happened a bit sooner than people expected. So this is a 100-year asset, is it not? And it's going to be too small in 20 years. So who was too cheap to underfund a 100-year asset in the first place? The government and the council. Don't even start me on the Harbour Bridge. You know, there's a whole lot of whingers with very little vision who hamstring ideas for a false economy of today. They forget about the future and they have cost us billions through the years. Shame on them all. And particularly the governments who have wasted taxpayers' money on petty local politics. Now, the National Party annual conference is this weekend and it's going to welcome back its leader, Simon Bridges, who's been on a 70-day road trip uh, meeting the peeps. Apparently he's met 10,000 people. He's been gone for 70 days. Uh, in the paper this morning, uh, he's told Audrey Young, our, our um, editor, our political editor, he's a work in progress. Now, you know, I didn't like seeing that. That's fair enough. But every time a real leader has arrived on the scene, they tend to arrive pretty much fully formed and ready to go. John Key, bam. Helen Clark, pretty much. Oh, no, Helen Clark took a while. Jacinda Ardern, bam. You know, a week is a long time in politics. Uh, 
So you have to say 70 days was an eternity. So Simon had better be ready to rock this weekend because it's fair to say while he's been away, Mr. Mark Mitchell has been impressing on the Mike Hosking breakfast show and he has ambitions. And you have to wonder whether National is starting to have that creeping irrelevance that Labour suffered in the Goff, Shearer and Cunliffe days. And my final point is good luck to Joseph Parker for his fight this weekend with Dillian White. There is no doubting that Joe has got something. But you have to say it's time to see it in action. If he loses this one, I tell you, it's a slippery slope to retirement and owning a suburban gym and thinking, well, I could have been.